Hey folks, it's Jeremy. You're listening to Blamo. How we doing? All right, look at us. The, the first, I, I, I guess it's the first official pod of the new year. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you already heard, we did a, a new episode of Blamo Presents Derek Guy, which uh, was kind of a bit of a recap from last year, but it was good. If you haven't heard it, dig into the feed. It's on the Patreon. But uh, so glad to be back. A lot, a lot of stuff happening. I got to, I got to hang out with the fam. Um, it was nice. I took, I took an official. I'm gonna turn the phone off. That's not true. I didn't really turn the phone off, but I did. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna work. You know, like I, I decided that I wasn't gonna try to record. I wasn't gonna try to do these things. I was gonna be Mr. Family Man. Of course, everyone got sick. Then, uh, you know, life. It was great running around trying to chase your kids everyone's getting ear infections but i felt good i hope i hope everyone else got to got a little bit of time off something where you can just reflect you know whatever it is you can read some bs thing about a life hack and realize that you're never going to do it Uh, i swear if one more person tells me to focus on mindfulness i'm gonna i'm gonna fall out of my chair like i i i'm trying what do you think I'm doing? I'm, I'm, I'm getting free therapy by talking to thousands of people on a podcast. Uh, I digress. I did. I've been rewarding myself because you know your boy hits the gym. And uh, the other day, I hit the gym and, you know, depending on how I'm feeling, if I have a real serious workout, sometimes I'll pull into, you know, McDonald's. I'll pull into the Golden Arches uh, on the way back. And it's funny because I posted it on Instagram and I was like, oh, you know, like work out, get McDonald's, whatever. And a bunch of people responded. And it's not, you know, I don't care about like responses, but like half of the people were like, you should really, you know, pay attention to, you know, the fat and the things that you put in your body. And I'm like, what on earth? Look, a lot of people are like, go off King. But I'm like, get out of my DMs. Don't don't shame me for getting a freaking nugget meal over here get get out of here it's like i swear to god that, that mcdonald's is so good no no free ads but like if i had wolfgang puck in my car you know that homie would have been chowing down on his mcnuggets and sweet and sour sauce too it's just good it was great i had a wonderful time i enjoyed it i ate it in my car like an imbecile um ultimate michelin's you know three michelin star fine dining culinary experience I loved it. Um, and, and then, you know, and then I, I turned my car back on. I used my blinker. I'm, I'm, I'm always using my blinker. I'm, I'm listening to Chopin. <laughs> it, was, it was great. So, fun time. This week, though, big pod this week with Joachim Bon. Uh, I mean, the best way to describe him, he's an incredibly fascinating individual, but he's, he's like the influencer's influencer. He's the creative director for Atelier Monroe, which is a brand you've heard me talk about before. He's a partner in the legendary denim store, Tenue Denims, based out of Amsterdam. I'm sure you heard about them eons ago when, when the, the official raw red selvage vibe was kicking in. He's the founder of Another Something, and he's also a designer. But look, the, the list, it goes on and on from the digital experience to the physical experience of your favorite brands. Joachim's been there. It was... You know, he's an incredible, incredible guy. Joachim and I discussed building a brand, his design philosophy, why you shouldn't focus on the data, the collaboration effect with brands, Atelier Monroe, and working for passion versus the paycheck. What a year. Let's go. 
you have like a very strong eye for environments and product, you know? I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's you know it's it's something that uh, the more and more you go into it's this kind of rabbit hole. The more and more you go into the, those details and and realize that uh, it all counts up. It all it's it's the the touch of that of those uh, curtains or the, the the feel of the floor. If it all if it all connects and it's all correct and in balance, people will feel more comfortable. And that's also that's where I always get attracted to uh, places that have this kind of balance in in interior or in uh, also in brand. Right. You know, when a brand is really on point, not so much on that is that it is hyped or something, but it's it's uh, of course it's a it's a boring example. But Aesop is so good on every level, yeah. Uh, that it's yeah, it, 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 it's it's completely imbalanced. Then. Yeah, that that they're the only company I know ever that made soap a status symbol. Yeah, yeah. it's it's crazy. It's so crazy. But, but they did that on every level. The yeah. founder was. Uh, uh, it's was, Australian, right? It's Australian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the founder is. Uh, he, I think he's still in the, in the, in in the brand. Uh, but he was uh, uh, having having comments on the, uh, the the printing paper that come out of the printer machines on in the office. So on every level, he was looking at the details and made sure that it all fits. That yeah, that's so. It's a little bit the same as as. Uh, 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 as Apple, where the the inside of the of the of the machines uh, are also neatly designed, no will, nobody will see it. But it's so as soon as you start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I believe that people will feel it somehow. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Well, let's let's jump to the beginning. Can you, for the record, pronounce your name for me so I make sure when I get it right? Yeah. So in Dutch we say Joachim. Okay. Uh, but I won't uh, ask you <laughs> to pronounce. Yeah. It. So that- here everybody say Joachim. Okay, Joachim, and then it's just Bon. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's what I thought. Um. So let's let's kind of jump to the beginning. Like, where did you grow up? Because you're from Holland, through and through. From, right? Yeah, from the Netherlands. Uh, uh, grew up in uh, a small village called. First Zeist, then Hilversum. Uh, they're all quite nearby Amsterdam. Um, uh, I went to school uh, uh, in Hilversum and later on uh, high school in Amsterdam. Uh, dropped out. Uh, nice. Uh, it, 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 it didn't, didn't, I couldn't finish it. School wasn't my thing. Uh, uh, and then I did, um, uh, I wanted to go to art school. Uh, and I think my first, you have these open days where where, where you can look around the art school and yeah. think, okay, this this. Could be something for me or not. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one in Amsterdam, I came in and I thought, "What's um, I? I can't fit here. This, this is." Uh, I, uh, so my great grandfather was an, uh, a famous, semi-famous, famous Dutch artist in the in the the Hague period of uh, of painting. Oh wow! So classic, classic painting. Uh, so I was raised quite on, on that creative side. Uh, I was in Waldorf school, which is already very very creative. Uh, uh, my mother was always drawing, painting. Uh, so in in my head, from an early stage, I I, I always thought I, I'd be an artist. Yeah. So those, and then on on that open day, that kind of uh, uh, that the, the day on art school in Amsterdam, uh, it was kind of a disillusion for me. So if, is this the art world? Is this what I should go to do? And so I, I said to myself, that's not what's 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 going to happen. And there was another art school in in Utrecht, which was a little bit more on the uh, 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 on the uh, somewhat commercial side. So they, they, they also uh, uh, do music and more on the tech side. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, graphic design, uh, industrial design, um, but because I didn't finish my school, I wasn't uh, 
Couldn't go. I, I couldn't go. Yeah. Uh, only if I would do a test. And that test was English grammar. And my English is not that good. And by then it wasn't even, it was quite bad. So I uh, I didn't pass. Oh no. Uh, this was, so this was uh, uh, 2000. This okay. was quite a way back. Uh, but it was the end of the dot-com bubble. Uh, and I knew already, so I, w- I wanted to be a graphic designer. I wanted to start as a, so that's, that idea of becoming an artist uh, uh, became more kind of, okay, I'm, I'm going to be an artist, but very, Digital and yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the, mo- the modern uh, medium, the modern, the modern version of yeah. <laughs> of an artist. Uh, today we would say a content creator or something. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's a little elevated than your standard <laughs> content creator, but sure. <laughs> uh, but, but so that, that was the the last wave of the dot com bubble. Yeah, uh, and I, since I knew I wanted to go that direction, uh, I could start already at a at a at, a, at a, one of those dot com companies. Uh, in Amsterdam, uh, which was extremely fast growing, mm-hmm. they were just hiring hiring people, and we're calling ourselves the uh, um, uh, what's it called again? The, 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 like the soldiers who are going send out into into battle. Oh wow! Uh, okay, uh, so it was just getting on meat, so to say. Yeah, like the army or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, growing, artificial growing. It was just just get people on board. Uh, but, but we were. I was designing a website for uh, one of the big uh, energy companies in the Netherlands, uh, and two months later we were redesigning that website and it was for hundreds of thousands of euros every time so there was too much money and it was it was crazy we went at some point we went with a, with a private jet to our mother company which was in Sweden right uh, and which was a nice experience, but at that time I thought this can't be for long. This is this is. I, I was right because I think uh, a, a little over a year later that dot com bubble burst. Yeah, it yeah, and was gone. So, but but before that, I already had the feeling. Okay, I want to that digital design is super nice, but I want to learn also the craft, also also the craft of graphic design. Um, so I started at a very classic graphic design company where I had a really good mentor uh, who was just learning me everything and uh, from scratch. Wow. Design from scratch, and he, he he also sent me into battle. Like he, when we would design a post or something, he would say, hey, "You think it's good? Okay, send it to to the printer." And it came back from the printer completely wrong on every level. So I had to re- reprint it. But it was for me the last time I made a mistake like that. So I, next time I would make sure that everything was good. Right. So it was that was that was a little bit my school, which was a really good school uh, for me. Uh, Almost at, like a trade school in this yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. In, in a way, yeah. yeah. Uh, in that time, I also was running a kind of an online platform. From by the time you had news today, I don't know if you remember. It's that's it, it was kind of a, a link dump of creative international kind of creative uh, group of people. Mm-hmm. I had something similar. It was called Untitled Levels. It's way back, uh, but it was uh, we did even online magazine and uh, 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 crazy things by then, which was a PDF magazine. It wasn't interactive whatsoever. Right. But those things were the 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 uh, um, were kind of the reason where the, where the the art art school is art university in Utrecht mm-hmm. called me up and said can you please start teaching here at school wait hold on which was one half year later that's, 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 so, so. so they so first you want to go to this school they say actually you didn't pass that uh you know you, you didn't you didn't do it through the traditional route so no thank you so you start doing your own thing you're working at other spots making stuff and you make so much noise in the career that you're doing that the school that denied you come to ask you to teach to teach and oh, then shit. I said <laughs> go, then I said go fuck yourself because that's <laughs> I, I I couldn't do it by then. There was there was also because I wasn't sure that I I could teach anything. Yeah, teaching is it's, very difficult in doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or it's or it's very different yeah. than doing. Completely, me. completely. Yeah, but there was a there was a fun, fun anecdote, and uh, so I started 
continue to 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 work at that graphic agency and then at some point i i had the feeling okay and now i know the basics i know all the techniques and i know how it works yeah now i want to start working at a at a uh, at one of the top agencies in amsterdam um so i did uh talks basically at i think there were 10 or so or so where i wanted to work mm-hmm. uh and um, I had talks at nine of them, and the last one never reacted. And at some point, I, uh, I said, "One would say uh, you're too, too junior." The other mm. one said, "We want you on a senior level." Where I said, "I don't want to be there yet because I need to learn still quite yeah. a lot." And that last one did, never came back. And at some point, I said to my girlfriend, "We were still together." Uh, by that time, we, we uh, I said, uh, okay, I'm, "I'm going to do one more email." I dropped them one more email. Mm-hmm. If it's not working, I'm starting free launching yeah and uh, and it's also good uh, and then that same day they replied uh, they they called me back and said can you start tomorrow uh, wow w- which was uh, the company Staats. Uh, it's it's a uh, uh, it's state in dutch uh, and I, I worked there for i think two then two and a half years and then did my own gig and then uh, a few years ago i worked again with them but we worked we're still very good friends we worked together on a lot of brands a lot of uh, working for Cartier, nike uh, we did we did the whole branding of Bugaboo, the, the the strollers, uh, oh, so wow. all those uh, really really nice jobs. Learned uh, there, basically, I learned to think that kind of full circle three six five approach, a more holistic approach of branding and communication, where it's less about it's not only graphic design. It's graphic design is nice, uh, or photography is nice, or interior design is nice. But when all those dots co- are connecting, then it's kind of resonating and it's 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 starting to work the way you want. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, because there are some brands, it's like oh, they have a great logo but like the, ex- the the physical experience of it or even the digital experience of it isn't reflective of yeah, you know totally, yeah. the, the emotions that you get from the logo or the product I mean there's geez the amount of companies that I know especially in the US where the product is great but the right. digital experience yeah. and the logo is so bad it, yeah. I this is not an elitist thing like it totally turns you off and makes you less receptive of like enjoying but, the product uh, but I must say that's the other way around you see it more and more often yeah. the branding is very on point and you get the product and you think what's oh yeah what's this in God's sake <laughs> why did I bought this it's a nice brand but that's that's it yeah a friend of mine he works for this big creative agency in New York and most of the money that they make is all from like brand new sort of like you know startup they got a bunch of money and they'll spend a lot of money on like the brand the design all of these things so they'll do branding guides for them and then they go and they make their product and they're like yeah we're just gonna sell it on Amazon and he's like oh no yeah. and so like Every time I'll talk to him, he's I'll be like, "Oh, have you heard of this brand?" He's like, "Yeah, we 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 did the design for that." And I'm like, "That's oh, the design's amazing." He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> just don't buy the product." <laughs> and I'm, I feel bad because like he's kind of caught in this hamster wheel, you know. And it sounds like you had a bit of the luxury too to like like you were saying, you get to do every aspect of it, and so you really get to champion your own work versus kind of look at it as like a task per se. Yeah, and then but but, but then so uh, I think on that branding side, I, uh, so I will, I will, uh, I was able to learn that full circle to 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 learn all those different mm-hmm. parts of it uh let's let's first go go back one step so sure. uh, after this after those first two three years uh, at stats i started my own uh, i started as a freelancer kind of my own company oh wow uh, uh called another company yeah another something was in that sa- that same time it's 2007 or something uh and 2008 we started uh, uh the denim store in a denim store in amsterdam 
Ja. En dat was basically my first experience in. Uh, so we can do the branding, we can do a nice interior, we can do all those things nice. Mm-hmm. But the connection with the consumer is something different. It's something right. completely different. Right. So those first day at the those first years years at the uh, I had my own small studio, but I was I was often just working at the back of the store uh, and seeing how Mano and Renee, the two owners, were running around and 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 uh, helping clients and. Uh, how the things that we thought about and designed were actually working and if they were actually working. Well, because Tanu Zanim, because I remember that was when I first kind of like heard about you. Um, I know like I think Michael Williams had written about you on a, yeah, a continuous yeah. lean yeah. and it was the early sort of rise of like, you know, selvage denim and this, you know, heritage, you know, I'm air quoting that word. Um, and you guys were like very much fully formed when you emerged. Whether, I mean, whether you believe it or not, at least from my initial experience i was like oh my gosh and so this so for folks that don't know this was a retail store and also private label no so we we started as a retail store only right. Uh, uh, we had our private label. It wasn't wasn't that serious. Sure. Uh, by then, but, but it it's, existed. It existed. There, okay. it existed somehow. So we, we had a really nice curation of brands uh, uh, from the beginning already. And what we did uh, from the start is well. So uh, at some point we uh, uh, before we we opened, we said we need to have some kind of a press release. Okay. But because I had another something already, the, the blog, I got a lot of press releases, and basically every press release I get is delete. Oh. Uh, uh, so I thought <laughs> sure. we need to do something different then yeah. we need to get the attention of people um, and also tell more than oh yeah we opened a store because everybody can open a store and everybody can do that but we need to show a little bit of our world so we started Journal de Niem, uh, 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 a magazine uh, and the fir- basically the first issue the zero issue of, 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 of that journal was a PDF magazine mm. uh, so digital only where we explored some of the brands we were, se- we were selling uh, some of the mills uh, 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 I think one of the denim mills was featured in that one as well uh, a little bit of the story a little bit of the story behind it and people reacted so good on that that we said oh we're going to put that in print mm. and we're going to to make it into a real magazine uh, uh acne magazine was kind of the start of that inspiration oh right uh, yeah okay so it was also it was a three size so a big size newspaper kind of uh, a magazine where we explored interesting people in different cities around the, around the world where we traveled uh, which was great fun to do but that, that also added to that whole idea of people outside of Amsterdam basically outside of the Netherlands that Tenunin was already this big brand yeah. going out there did that big that at some point the magazine was sold at jQuery in New York and in Tokyo and, and all over the world. That's right. Okay, yeah, I remember. <laughs> Which was kind of so, we were still with the three of us uh, running that store in Amsterdam where uh, now we have a magazine. <laughs> we're not making any money with it. What, what are we doing? <laughs> Uh, which was it was it was amazing to do that it was amazing to do that but at some point we also said uh, we, we can't keep this up that was also because so we opened our first store in 2008 second store uh, I forgot what what year that was I think it must be 2012 or that sounds about right uh, also in Amsterdam and then we said well let's let's stop with the magazine or, or do only once a year or something yeah I mean because uh, a magazine you know you, you're talking about it as you, you know you guys did it pretty quick but it sounds like you're only able to do it at the speed because of how talented you guys were I mean, a magazine is is a it's, yeah. juggernaut. Like yeah. it's 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 so difficult to do. It is. So way back, I started also photographing a lot because I wanted content for my graphic design to learn how to work on that. So yeah. I had early two thousands, I already had a digital camera, and then my brother turned into 
a real photographer. So at some at some point I said, okay, I'm, I'm not continuing right. that career path because I could never compete with him. He's he's a, he's one of the top uh, interior architecture uh, photographers around oh, the world. Wow, not interior architecture in general. Right. Wow, amazing. Uh, so so you open your second store uh, for Tenu Denims, and when did the Converse thing come along? Because I feel like that was pretty quick after that. No. So we did we did a collaboration with Converse, uh, dipping the Converse in natural indigo. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, and the thing, the, the thing part of doing those uh, those uh, uh, collaborations. Uh, by the time everybody did collaborations, but we uh, especially those early days of Tunisian, we only did collaborations so with super small quantities. At some, uh, I think there were always only twenty eight products. Mm-hmm. of everything so we would have 28 pairs of Converse 28 we did with uh, Nigel Cable we did with with so many with different Cable-born. yeah, uh, yeah different yeah. brands and uh, like all the all those niche beautiful we visited them all uh, and also Cable and so for the magazine of course uh, I traveled to him to his to his place in England mm-hmm. photographs uh, I did all those photo- f- all that photography also for the magazine by then oh, I didn't know you did that too yeah, jeez yeah yeah. Slow down. <laughs> so that, that was that was, but, but uh, by then, uh, well, I still I still love to do it. I still love to do that. Sure, but it's uh, it's it's something different to do that really on a commercial basis. Where this was, it was all fun. It never felt like work. Uh, uh, doing that magazine. Doing why the why do you think that it was? Because it was work. But what made it fun? Uh, it's I think in I think from the beginning of work, especially working for myself uh, in those two thousand seven. 2008 years I said I I I would never want to work for the money anymore. I, I want to. I, I mean, we need it. We need it somehow. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as I start working for money, uh, there is this kind of thing going on in everybody's heads that is that it's becoming less fun and less kind of. Yeah, I uh, mean, I'd agree uh, with that. Like a, a paying job always feels different in different. terms of like your delivery and, and the weight yeah. of of how you feel about other opinions or critiques versus. Yeah. yeah. There's a bit of an immunity that you can feel when you're doing something for fun because if someone doesn't like it's like well then just not do it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i uh, so from the beginning where when, when i when i started my own my own company my own gig uh, i said uh, that's that's the basis that's the base rule for everything uh, so w- once a client would come uh, i always said i don't mind the money so in the end I, I do mind, but yeah, let's sure. first let's first have a conversation, and and I'm only trusting my gut feeling on if if this is going to be fun or not. And if yeah. it's not fun, I don't mind the money. I I I, I don't mind that that I can earn fifty k for it or whatever. We're not doing it because it will be a pain in my ass, and I don't want to have a pain in my ass <laughs> for the things that I love to do, like yeah, photography, yeah, yeah. like yeah. Uh, 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 like designing, like creating interiors, creating spaces like these. Uh, it should all be fun. Yeah, and I think like that that speaks to like how you select you know obviously how you select your clients and when you know because I feel like other companies you're just each client you hopefully leads to the next client but there's there's burnout that's going to happen you know the the work the quality of work suffers because obviously everyone it is a business you do have to make money you do have to but like yeah yeah, trying to find that right person and someone who's going to be as invested in your vision they're going to be more trusting with you than I mean I worked at a creative agency and there were clients that we had that it was like what do you what do you 
need us for? Because yeah. clearly you know exactly what you want to do. Right. So like, are we just a machine yeah. to like help you <laughs> buy ads on Facebook? Like that's and in a bigger, in, a, in a bigger agency format, you need those clients. Sure. Just to keep on running. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have too much staff and, yeah. and you're, yeah. I mean, that's, it, it is a grind. I mean, I yeah. get it how some of these agencies turn into making work or doing stuff that like the creative director, like we were just talking about is like, yeah, yeah, but the product's not good. And you're like, that, that's a big integrity yeah. blow. I mean, yeah. I get it. Like, you know, I'm not yeah. trying to belittle people, but like that's, you can see how that evolves into something that spirals out of control. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it's, uh, I even did photography for for Shell at some point, commercial photography. Shell, like for, yeah, oil, like, like the oil. Oh. And at that point, I the said to myself, oil. "I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I need to select really rigid." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> these brands I can work for, these companies I can work for, the other I don't I don't want to work for. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, but that's also, that's a great privilege too, to be able yeah, to, to choose your yeah, clients. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And I realized that, so it's, it, that's also, uh, uh, those years as uh, running my own company, it was this kind of uh, uh, always feeling the balance between, oh shit, I, I need... There, I need new clients. Yeah, <laughs> while having the trust, oh well, they they will come. They will, and and they would always come. They, sure. they will, there will always be someone uh, uh, ringing the phone and say, "Hey, I have this, I have this, and this brand's coming up." Okay, so I I want to dissect that a little bit. You said that they always come. Yeah. How do you know? I mean, it, it sounds like you you have proof based on history, but just that emotion. I mean, that that's, that's literally what I wrestle with every day. Like we were talking the other day, and like you know, I'll look at okay, I'm good for the next three months or five months. But then I'll spend those next three or five months in constant panic, anxiety, fear. Right. Because, but I'm very grateful. I have found something that I'm able to do that keeps our family going or, you know, my kids and all this stuff. But I'm just curious, how are you not in a state of panic? (laughs) I think I think it's a balance between that state of panic and the trust, kind of gut feeling trust that it will be okay. Yeah, uh, and it comes over time, so it took quite a while to uh, uh, to, to to get to that point. Sure, yeah. uh, uh, but that that state of panic is I still have that. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, and, Maybe and, I feel and, a little and, bit. And it's, and it's also that's uh, <laughs> so I have I have a full time job now, uh, uh, and it's and I still have that panic. Oh yeah, is it really on point? What I'm what I'm doing now is it really on point is it really what i'm mm. uh, uh, what it should be or should it be better or should it be uh, should i move more into that part of into the, right uh, there's yeah i think it's it's also a part of our creative brain that is uh, that it keeps on spinning yeah i mean I, that's that's the thing too right? i mean but it sounds like too the other thing and maybe you didn't say it but i'll say it there's a bit of confidence in your work which is great because you're confident that the work that you make is good yeah and that people want good work and so they'll yeah. find you there is there is there is a bit of confidence Although I find it always very tricky to really say that, uh, especially yeah, now I'm on the record. I'm not saying arrogance. Yeah, because <laughs> no, it's far from arrogance. It's it, it, it is. <laughs> I, I that is. Uh, I always feel very kind of. Uh, it, it, I I can only do what I can, what I what I'm doing now. It's, sure, sure. Uh, and 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 the thing I'm doing is I'm trying to make this world a little bit more beautiful space. Uh, and, and I think that's my only. That's the only thing I really can do. And I am becoming better at it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. by every step I'm becoming better. I see all the things that I'm really bad at. And I still need to learn. <laughs> so it's always it's always this kind of it's, it is really a balance of a constant panic versus oh yeah maybe I'm doing a few things good. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So you were at Tanudanim's for a while, and then what what came after that? So at some point, I uh, I was uh, partnered. So I, I was partnered at Tanudanim. I mm-hmm. still was running my own company, working for different clients. Uh, uh, I had a startup kind of thing called Our Current Obsessions, where we wanted to work with super small comp- uh, brands, mm-hmm. makers, basically, uh, and bringing. Uh, we, we were talking with Kaweco. Ka- Ka- uh, Kaweco, the, yeah, the, the pens. Uh, the, the pens. Yeah. Uh, we were talking with a beautiful suitcase company. We'll come to the, back to that later. Uh, a, a suitcase company. Uh, a lot of different brands. And then uh, uh, the idea was to do kind of editions. To, so to bring in one edition different products from different makers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, uh, small quantities. Uh, uh, kind of collaboration plus plus plus. Uh, it was, we did one issue which was super nice also with artists, artworks around. Uh, and at some point, so I I had a, uh, an investor uh, and at some point we had to order a lot of those products and the night before I, I kind of melted and I thought, I thought I can't do this uh, because and that's I think one of the biggest learning moments was, was uh, that was for me that you can make a beautiful brand you can make a beautiful product you can make magazines around it uh, you can put a world around it you can put a really nice interior together but once you've started creating products you need uh, to sell them as well and that is yep so the the thing that we think as creatives are is the most important biggest part of the whole world is only 10% or so because <laughs> getting those products to the consumer is is a different game and that night I realized it's not my game I can't do this so we pulled the plug we didn't order all those products we quit that project our current obsessions uh, and I also realized at that moment I need to I need to choose because I'm doing all these different things and by that time I already I also had my third child uh, so well uh, uh, and my wife is, uh, is she's uh, having a career as well mm-hmm. so at some point we said it's, it's this isn't this isn't working uh, I can't I can't keep up with this so I pulled out of Tunanim uh, uh, stopped my own company and went and back to start the the, the the design ad agency uh, communication agency we never we never said it was one of one of each sure uh, uh, also because uh, we, we were in a pitch so at some points we were in a pitch against each other and we basically said why are we pitching against each other why why are we just right. working together and we did a fantastic job together on um, T4T uh, uh, the American luxury tea oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the pyramids uh, we did the whole rebranding of that oh wow uh, and and by then we said, well, it's it's basically so good to work together again. Let's continue on that side. Uh, so ended those chapters with Tununim. Somewhat there's still a little door open and there, uh, but also quit my own uh, uh, my own company, hand over a few of my clients to the state to that agency, uh, and worked there for another another three years, mm-hmm. uh, which was also very nice, very good. Uh, we did we did amazing uh, projects there, uh, designed beautiful windows for Cartier in Amsterdam them uh, but but we also did a few of those jobs where we did we basically designed full brands every every part of it mm. including thinking about product uh, and then as soon as we handed it over to the clients it would land in a in the fridge and uh, so the, I, I had i had we, we had a we had a few of those brands completely designed and everything yeah that weren't live they weren't and, and, and they were just also not going live right right and i started to realize more and more what we did with tunanim was just very good and that I really like that as well to be able to work that holistic idea of brand building in basically in everything in product in interior in design uh, and I realized that I wanted to move more into the into that direction uh, so what, uh, 
at some point move over to the from move away from the agency side into the brand side. Right. Um, yeah, because you you're, you're making stuff, but you're the stuff that you're making. There's no guarantee of whether or not it actually no. is made. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. And you're putting so much energy in it, and that's that's what I what's what's what what what's I think struck me most. Uh, that's also why I almost never wanted to uh, join pitches uh, during the, those agency days because you're putting so much energy in something and it's not going going, going to happen. Right. It's just burned energy, and I don't I don't like. It. Yeah, I mean, who <laughs> who would? It, it's, and it's that's a, also in, so when I had my own gig and clients would come over me to me and said, "Yeah, can you please just uh, make three proposals?" I always said, no, "I'm making one proposal. We're, 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 we start with really good conversations. Then I'm making one proposal, which I think is the only logical consequence of all the things we we've been through. And if it's not right, I haven't listened. And they uh, 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 so that was also the, the kind of the first test of that client. If they didn't want that, then uh, for me it was a no go. And said, "Okay, let's 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 not work together." Uh, and it always worked out because once you have all those elements in place, and you, w- once you know the what you want to do with a brand and with the, what you want to communicate, yeah, yeah, the brand itself, the branding, the graphical part, the the the, the out the, the the output mm-hmm. is a logical consequence of all those things you're talking about you've been talking about and you've, you've been writing about uh, so it's that, that that also makes my work I'm not a uh, I don't create new things it's just putting all the the, the, the things in the right place and I putting it together I gently push back on creating new things I mean you know sure you're not maybe inventing something that's never existed but th- putting things together the right way and using design elements to tell a story that's that's new I mean that that to me qualifies it's a new, new combination okay yeah it's a new combination yeah experience uh, new experience yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think we have a great lack of new combinations, new experiences, because everything is becoming more and more the same. So that's also True. that's also what makes uh, what gives me a lot of energy to do all these things. Yeah. Uh, do you remember? It was maybe like a few years ago, and it was like every American startup used the same pink. <laughs> but now every <laughs> every startup looks the same still, right? It's yeah. Uh, there's some truth to it. And, yeah. And, uh, or when you look, think of fashion brands now, yeah. like you know, I, I, do you remember? I think it was like Yves. Yves Saint Laurent turned into Saint Laurent. Then Balenciaga changed their logo. Then Balmain changed their logo. Burberry changed their logo. And I think... It's all the same now. Yeah, the, the typeface, the kerning and all that yeah. stuff is very similar. And yeah. it's and I think a lot of like purists, I don't even know if that's the right word, were just like flabbergasted because, you okay. know, Yves Saint Laurent had not but changed stuff in ever. Right? <laughs> I, no, I, that's, that's, that old Yves Saint Laurent logo, just a y, YSL. Yeah, YSL. So, that was so iconic and so beautifully made the, the, the type was mm, I still I guess I can still get emotional to see that it's, yeah. I'm buying vintage ties now with that logo on because it's so nice it's yeah. so beautiful uh, no, so you, you see that basically in every field that's uh, uh, so more and more it's the, the decisions made on, on that what used to be the creative level are made on a data level uh, and uh, big brands are seeing oh yeah this is this is this works according to our data and according to our sales data and according to big data everything so it's becoming everything is becoming the same oh yeah that's that's a great point yeah because it's the analytical decision versus the I don't know in, intuitive or emotional more, maybe more, I think it's more an emotional intuitive uh, uh, decision and uh, and that's so that's that's also that's, that's also what, what I've been trying to do with all those clients back in the days uh, at Stad uh, my own agency with Tununim but also now uh, is let's not focus too much on that data and, it, and the data in 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 general is super interesting, mm-hmm. but 
we need to translate that into something something new and that something new is this is is then this new combination so it's 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 not it's not i'm i'm, I'm not an so i i, be, I became so, somehow maybe an artist but it's a f- completely different artist because i'm not creating new things i'm maybe creating that new combination or i i, I would love to i would love to do that um, but that I'm, is I'm, what an artist in my opinion has evolved to in the 21st century i mean it sounds like you're comparing your idea of an artist based on like your your great grandfather yeah you know so like yeah. just because you're not painting or you're not vermeer like doesn't mean <laughs> that what you are as an artist you know you're you're still yeah. an artist uh it's just maybe maybe you have to alter your definition of what yeah, it, no, yeah, it totally, is totally, totally yeah and it's and and even uh, contemporary artists these days are so you, you and you see it in every field. So contemporary artists these days are also looking at the data and what's what's working commercially well. And yeah, uh, let's not even start about NFTs. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. That is, that, that's that, something I'm the words we don't away, name on this podcast. From, you know, right? <laughs> I'm really trying. So we, uh, uh, I'm doing this small side project with a group of people, and I was wearing it yesterday. The the, the, the little pin we had uh-huh. with uh, "Patience is power." Is patience is power. Is patience is power around it engraved, uh, and we. We were joking. This, this, that, that thing is the NDT of our little network, the non-digital token. Yeah. So it's everybody <laughs> who has it knows. Oh yeah, that's that's our that's our thing. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I think there's especially culturally with newer, younger folks, there is starting to see uh, an aversion of digital environments. Yeah. And it's funny because on one side, you know, you look at companies like Meta that are like the metaverse, and we're all going to get into this, and we're all just going to live our digital lives, and like that that exists exists in in some ways but when you look at the next generation like younger kids like they think Instagram is boring yeah. they you know TikTok is like its own thing but it's not it's not where they live and now there's this new desire of physical media even yeah, which I think is happening even, even for myself where I'm like why am I paying $15 a month to Spotify to listen to the same right. three albums like right. I'm just yeah. going to buy them yeah. and I want to yeah. I don't want to be relying on an internet connection and I want physical objects I want yeah. physical experiences yeah. you know because the digital stuff especially now like I don't even know how much you can trust and it's not reliable no. and it, it's what if it changes and they yeah. updated it now yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. you know I think it's a little bit the same cycle as we had in, in those uh, 2000 years yeah where uh, in the dot com bubble everybody, everybody thought okay, we need a website and we need it now and yeah. we need, oh we need a new website and Two weeks later, we need another new website. The idea of the market, oh, there's there's so much attention to it. So we have to jump on that bandwagon as well. Then people start to realize, oh yeah, it's nice, but maybe we don't need it that much. Uh, and we still need it. We it's super important part, but it's it's. I think the the tangible part is becoming more and more more also needed. I mean, yeah. I mean, that brings us to us sitting in this room, right? Yeah. I mean, because with Monroe, which you're the creative director of the like with Atelier Monroe, like it's you you guys have a very great site and it's cool and there's lots of data and you can access orders and all sorts of stuff like that, which I think is great. But like the amount of care and effort you're putting into the physical space, I mean, it's the most important part. There, I mean, you said it like. There you go. I mean, and I agree because you walk in and you, because a lot of people, and this is no shots to you all, can make a good site. But to make, you know, a store, especially in clothing and menswear, you know, the the number one thing that people say whenever they meet Ralph Lauren and he gives them advice on like their brand is he's like, you need a store. You need a physical store. James Jebby of Supreme tells people, you need a store. You need to find a way to make a physical interpretation of your brand and the experience of it. 100%. Yeah. But it's it's hard to make a store. It is. <laughs> 
Yeah, so then let's <laughs> let's 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 circle back a little bit to sure. uh, um, so uh, when I still was at Staat three year, four, four years ago. Yeah, uh, five years ago actually. Um, an old intern from Tunisian was working at Atelier Monroe. Okay. Uh, by then, and he basically said he called me at some point. He said, "Yeah, Joachim, you need to you need to work here or, or work with with, a, with us on the on the branding because it's not going anywhere." near we want to to have it so we started working with Staat with the agency for mm-hmm. Atelier Monroe did uh, I, I did the whole logo the whole brand fundament got a peak under the under the hood and, I, and what I saw then was uh, there is so much potential for this brand mm-hmm. is I was I was by then already I was thrilled about it if this is if we can do this in the way we want we are envisioning this brand now it's it's going to be amazing uh, but I was still at the agency and an agency brand relation Especially for uh, Atelier Monroe, which was still a very small brand, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is still a very small brand. Having an agency like that didn't work really well, uh, but we stayed in contact. And at some point, uh, 2019, I thought, okay, I need to, uh, I think it was nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the last three, three years have been 10 yeah, years. It's yeah, no, yeah, It's exactly. a big boy. It must, must be 19. <laughs> uh, I had a, and before that, I had a little dip in, in, in health shit as well. Uh, so it was kind of in between the two dips. Uh, I thought, uh, now I want to make that sh- switch from agency to um, to a brand. So I had a, a lot of talks uh, uh, with different brands at Adidas, at uh, uh, WeTransfer, uh, different different places. Yeah. Uh, not so much uh, uh, um, interviews with those companies, but uh, uh, they were all in my network. So I thought, let's. I, I want to make sure that my next step will be one that is for five to 10 years. Right. Uh, yeah. So you're really not looking for, for a job. You're looking for a career. Yeah. 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 Uh, so one of the conversations was uh, with Sander, the owner of Atelier Monroe, uh, and we had coffee and he basically said, yeah, say what you want. You can you can come do it at us uh, and we're here. So we continued those conversations uh, uh, and at some point I said, this is, this is such a good opportunity where I can really put in every part that I've learned over the past 20 years mm. and learn 20 years more because that first 20 years was basically the front, the, the creating a nice brand, creating a nice interior, a nice experience, etc. But now working, now lear- start learning to work with all those people in a brand. As a, I mean, as an agency, you you make a nice presentation, you make a nice branding thing. You uh, see you later. You, yeah, you you you, you 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 just hand it over on a we transfer a link and you say, see you see you later, and that's it. But then the work starts. And yeah. And that's what I really wanted to learn. And that's what I'm doing now, basically. It feels like, no, it doesn't feel like 24-7. It is maybe close to 24-7. Uh, getting all those people within the brand, within the company, uh, aligned and uh, mm. showing them all the stories where we are creating, we want to create uh, and, and and make sure that the people in the, in the, in the, in the ateliers, the people in the, in the, in the, Design, clothing design part in the product design in the in the in the in the fabrics. Everybody is in line with that idea of oh yeah, this is this is that north star of Atelier Monroe, and that's where we're going to. And we're not there yet, and we're next year we're also not there yet. But as long as I see for myself we're we're heading there, uh, I'm I'm extremely happy that we can do this. And uh, so that was so that was, that was uh, sorry, meandering a little bit into different. So that, uh, uh, I started at Atelier Monroe mid COVID. It was. Okay. October 2020 uh, started at Atelier Monroe. Uh, nobody was in office. We were we were supposed to work uh, uh, remote. Uh, we were so uh, um, th- those first months. I've met I think five or six core team members of the of the of the of the brand. Sure. In uh, uh, in office.
office uh, uh, on a, on a little bit of a distance. Uh, yeah. And the rest of the t- team only on Zoom. Uh, but starting to work on the brand, starting to work on the on the uh, kind of the brand fundament with the with the uh, with the vision, exploring the vision even further and further. Uh, where at some point we said, oh, yeah, it's we're not a we're not a fashion brand. We're not a we're not a new collections every season. Right. What we do is so we we have basically a few blueprints. You have a blueprint of a jacket. You have a blueprint of a uh, of, of knitwear, uh, of uh, uh, trousers, uh, outerwear, um, and with that blueprint you select a fabric, uh, and then you start completely changing all the things you want. So we're not at some point. Uh, we also realize we're not uh, a brand that is it has a certain style or a certain aesthetic or a certain following a certain trend where a consumer can say, "Oh, I like that. I want to buy into that." Right. Uh, uh, and 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 that's it. Uh, but we were turning it around and said basically our clients can build their own uh, style, explore their own style uh, uh, within everything we do at Atelier Monroe. Uh, so it's not that we enforce a, a specific style or a specific aesthetic on our clients, but they come to us and say, "Oh yeah, this is my this is my attire. This is my this is how I dress. Can I do this?" Uh, You're enhancing someone's aesthetic right, versus yeah. you know rewriting it. And with that, we're also creating a way more durable wardrobe for them. Because once you have, once you're having this personal style, you don't change it every season or every year or every not even two years. Touche. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Versus like some spots you'll go in and you might have a very different style, but you can't you can't really get one thing. There are a lot of brands that are so unique, right? That you'll go in, and you'll get a piece from them, and you're like, this works great, but I kind of have to get everything else that they make, you I know. See. And and then you leave with it, and you're like, well, this isn't what I what I wear, what I like. And you you'll spend all this money, and then you'll do like what I've done with brands and you like you wear it a couple times and people are like oh that's kind of cool but like it's still not you so you never wear it it sits in a pile and... I was not even wearing part, a big part of it yeah. so I, when I was <laughs> visiting Japan or, uh, or or New York or whatever I would always buy things and then it would sit in my wardrobe and I oh shit it's not me and <laughs> That's emotion <laughs> of buying it at that store, at that place. Yeah, it sounds like you had some good salesmen. That <laughs> was, you know, they, 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 those were partly good salesmen, but it's also the emotion of, oh, yes, yes, I want to buy something new now. Or I want this this whole experience is, is is so amazing. I want to get something from this store or from this brand, where especially in Japan, I have kind of monkey arms. So I I would never fit anything that oh, was right, right. made there. Uh, so I, there was also a, real, a realization before, even before I started at Atelier Monroe, uh, uh, I would I would go into Fred Perry and buy a polo mm-hmm. uh, and once it was good that season and that color and it fitted well I would buy a stack of it like mm. 10 because next season it would be a different color a, a different shade d- even different quality fabric different different fits even a mm-hmm. medium would never be the same medium as, as it was last season yeah so I was always frustrated with that also with jeans always with, with, with basically with my whole wardrobe if I found something <laughs> good I would buy a stack of it I, sure. I, at some point I had I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of running and side at some point I had really good running shoes from New Balance kind of f- very fast thin uh, uh, kind of shoes and I bought I think I bought six or seven pairs of them wrapped them uh, in, in, in plastic so that they won't age as fast as they normally do yeah because uh, I knew it with, 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 with and with the running it was I, I, do, I did now a little bit injured but I did a lot of really long distance running uh, and then it's it's so uh, 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 well, there's no consistency with a lot of these brands and because right. they're always kind of, I'm air quoting now, like evolving and improving what yeah. they have yeah. versus some companies where it's like it, the its existence is 
is perfection. And I mean that in the sense it's like a sport sport coat, you know, okay, maybe you want to alter a fit or a detail yeah. or a pocket, but yeah. like the, the silhouette in general, we can all agree on it's it's perfect. It's, it's, it's classic. Exactly. Yeah. And it, and it will stay like that for the coming. There's no, I don't think there's a single running shoe. Even then, like I saw, you mentioned New Balance, like now they're doing another, it's like they, now they're redoing like the 990 or the, yeah, yeah, you know, every yeah. year. And it's like, oh, this is the version five. This is a version. And I saw like the newest one, the version six. And um, it's not my taste. I'll just say that. Like I was like, oh, okay. I, I applaud them. I'm sure it might be it's, better. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. You know, but. And I get to, I get attracted to it as well. But, but especially with running, I realized it, it needs to be the same because if I need to change shoes, it's a, a process of months again to get used to it. And oh, so wow. if, if, if I would do a 30 kilometer long run. Holy shit. That was, <laughs> I, I couldn't do it on new shoes. And and, and to do, to get used to new shoes, that would, that would, would you take You said time. long distance. I was like, oh, maybe he's doing like, you know, like no, I, I, 2019, I did a crazy thing. No, 2020 was. 2020, I did a, in 2019, I did a crazy run running 60 kilometers on the beach in the Netherlands. What? Uh, in one take. Why? And uh, yes, uh, uh, there was, so that, 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 that was um, to raise money for okay, uh, the, the right. art. Uh, well, now um, I'm the jerk. All right. <laughs> thing. And I had something I had my, on my heart that was the the, 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 the health dip I had uh, before. Oh God, okay. Uh, so that, that I thought, okay, in return, I was helped so good. In return, I need to raise money for that, well, congratulations, that, that part. Wow, that's... But then 2020, I did this thing that I ran a marathon every month, a full marathon. So I would build up during the month from 10 to 20 to at the end of the month. Are your knees years. okay? Like They're I still okay. They're, yeah. But I didn't <laughs> I didn't succeed completely because COVID came in, of course. Yeah. And then uh, uh, people got got scared. Uh, sure. You, you, don't need, you, you shouldn't support that much because it's if you have COVID, it could be really, really bad. Yeah, I remember that. I was running. I remember going outside and running in a mask. And this is in, you know, early, the earlier parts of 2020. And I'm like in Brooklyn running along the water wearing a mask. And I mean, it it was super hard because I couldn't breathe as well. And you're exerting yourself and then I would take it off. And then, you know, people would come by and be like, you can't run without a mask or something. And I get it. I'm, I'm glad. I'm grateful. We all, you know, whatever. But I was like, I just can't breathe. Give me a second. I'm trying to, I was like, I'll put it back on. So uh, thankfully in the Netherlands, we, we, we were, allowed to go outside without a mask so I could I could keep running and I I think I did only two months of a half marathon and the rest was full marathon okay um, sounds like but, you didn't you weren't that <laughs> inconvenienced then. no it was I, I still feel shitty that I couldn't do the full <laughs> the full thing every month but that's uh, that's uh, that's another story <laughs> Wow. No, so that's, that, but, but that's uh, uh, coming back to that, that uh, constant change of products and uh, which, which isn't, which isn't made for consumers. It, 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 that, that, that change is not for the consumer. It's only for uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, commercial. Yeah. I mean, and it's also to, for sales. For I mean, sales that people, oh yeah, I need to, I need this new thing. I need this. Yeah. Oh, this, this new shoe is, that's not it's, even better. It's better. We don't need it. <laughs> we don't need it. And that's what we're doing and trying to do with Atelier Mineral is say, okay, we have this, we have a very big collection of over a thousand fabrics that are always on stock that you can create any anything. This is I'm wearing this, this uh, utility jacket. Yeah, it's uh, very with just uh, uh, five pockets uh, made in the same fabric. If I uh, uh, tear it down now, I can reorder it, and I have exactly the same fabric, exactly the same fit in four, three to four weeks. Uh, and it's so there is no need to buy a stack of one product anymore. Yeah, you don't. Okay, this is a perfect jacket. I need to get six. It's like get one, yeah. you're fine. Exactly. And if you need an another one it'll be here it will be there and it will be in my fit with my long arms and 
everything everything will be good uh, yeah. so that's that kind of promise also uh, uh, that was already when we were working for Atelier Monroe uh, back in 2016 2017 uh, from the agency it was also a re- realization for me that there is this promise of a brand who can offer this and who's go- who's going against trend cycles fashion cycles etc uh, so in a more um, uh, uh, I said it uh, in a more more and there 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 is a, that's, I find this always a really tricky thing to say we normally say in a more sustainable way mm-hmm. but fashion in self clothing in, in itself will never be sustainable yeah bravo uh, so I, it will it's it, okay to admit I, that internally I always say it's a less toxic way yeah yeah. Uh, uh, and that's the only way we should talk about it because it's we're not more sustainable uh, we're less a little bit less toxic and we're trying to be a little bit less toxic every day um, but it's, it's uh, it, it, and, and it's less toxic on it's it's more I will say more sustainable because it's more it's a little bit more positive uh, uh, which I like because of that <laughs> uh, so it's it, it's more sustainable on, on multiple ways we have this what I said over thousands fabrics that are always on stock uh, uh, no matter the season no matter no matter the year and then we have a small limited curation of uh, uh, seasonal fabrics that will run out so we have yeah. limited stock of that uh, and we create and can create X amount of jackets out of it and then it's then it's gone um, but because of this also because because of this personal style this idea of personal style with the client it's also more per, it's also more sustainable people will buy less but better it's all made extremely well so a big part of the collection is made in India at our own ateliers and a big part is made in Italy in our own ateliers so all the denim is made in Italy all the knitwear is made in Italy, all the shoes are made in Italy. Sh- uh, 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 suits and shirts start in India, and, as, uh, uh, and when you want more uh, uh, handwork, more handmade stuff, it will come from Italy. Uh, but I must say, quality-wise, it's exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, it's great, and I think there's as people are evolving and we're getting more globalized. It now for me, like the luxury is the quality control, yeah, yeah. like to where it's like I don't care if it's made anywhere as long as obviously like labor practices are are good, yeah. and then the quality yeah, yeah. is. Like if I get this jacket and I get it another time, I know it's still the same yeah, yeah. like quality tolerance. Because I think that's the thing where people were like, oh, Italy's the best or England or France or China or wherever it is. And it's like, well, is the factory that, you know, yeah. and I think that's... Depends so much. It depends basically on the people. Yeah, exactly. And, and as soon as those people are at the right place and have the right craft and the right, also the right mindset to, okay, we want to do this in the best possible way. Uh, you can create anything at any place. Yeah. I mean, when the people that are making, you know, because for a long time when people, let's talk like Hermes and the Birkin bag, and it's like, well, the only people that can ever make this are these, you know, excellent French craftsmen and da, da, da. Well, over time, more people want to do apprentice there. And now it's not some, you know, because oh, in, yes. in some cases it turns like a racist thing and yeah. where it's like, well, I want it to be a person, a French yeah. person yeah, yeah, in yeah. France doing this. And it's like, no, you need to one, just trust the brand yeah. and trust that the, the crafts that they're doing are, you know, are yeah. fair and equitable and your product is is good and like stop caring are, so much you know exactly <laughs> and there are there are of course there are examples of craftsmen that are only in france or only in italy or sure. only in even in 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 um india uh, w- uh, way back we did a, did a project with uh, uh, jupe by jackie mm-hmm. uh, 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 
where she told us she did all the embroidery for Rijka of Kubo, uh, and it's, it was all done in her at- atelier in India, where the the, the the detail and the and the quality of that embroidery was so out of this world. Yeah, in everything. Amazing. Yeah, it's so we, we did a, an art project when that was Stad days. Uh, we did an art project where she basically created artworks with that embroidery. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic quality. So you still have at every at every place. Um, I, I did a I did a a, a, a project started to, that was also one of those. There are so many side projects always. Yeah, I was going to say, geez, there, slow there, down. There was a, running around uh, making <laughs> fifty different companies. <laughs> God, uh, uh, I did. So it's it, it's also part of that seeing something interesting, going down in that rabbit hole and think, my God, this is so interesting. I want to learn more of this. Yeah. So one of those projects was uh, I'm now wearing lenses, normally wearing glasses, mm-hmm. uh, and I got in contact with this. Uh, uh, um, shop in The Hague in the Netherlands uh, Azami where the owner did beautiful he, he carries the most beautiful glass brands uh, mm-hmm. eyewear brands um, and he, all, he also had contacts with makers and he, he showed me around in his world showed me natural buffalo horn glasses mm. and I was completely sold so I started wearing buffalo horn glasses uh, and at some point I said to him I, I said to him can we do something like that ourselves but full circle doing branding etc etc so we started what was called Motanai uh, heavy I, I have them I have them here <laughs> heavy sunglasses uh, um. yeah I still have an extremely soft spot for eyewear because one I have to wear glasses at all times but you know um, oh those are cool so okay it, 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 there is there is, as always, there there are a lot of stories kind of woven into into this product. Uh, where wow. I I was uh, I'm, I've been always collecting a lot of a lot of things. Uh, I, I've been collecting vintage bank bags for ages. I've bank boxes bags. and boxes full of bank bags. Okay, which is crazy. Another. Uh, 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 collection was um, vintage pictures, original photographs of people holding human skulls, <laughs> which was is still one of my craziest collections. And I, I, I've, so I found at one of my trips in America I've, in, a, in a vintage store, I found this old picture of a lady sitting on a beach holding a human holding skull. a human skull. Wow! And there were a few things written at the back of it, which which I did some research on. Which was the, the photograph was made in a small island in the Black Sea, which was a a camp, a Russian camp. So it, there's a, it's a very obscure story in everything, and I was kind of so uh, uh, hyped by that in in a in a it's hyped is a, is, is a strange word for it, but kind of uh, it's, it's it's you're curious six six story and curious yeah I, thought, like, I, want, I want to see more of these images so I started buying them on eBay and I now have I think 60 wow somewhat 60 yeah, original so, photographs of people holding skills yeah I mean it sounds to me like the, the overall theme of Joachim is, is the is the fascination and curiosity with like yeah. mankind right I mean yeah. the stuff that we yeah. you know especially when you look at like traditions that different cultures and different types of people have, you know, created and, and love and, you know, like you should go to like New Orleans and go to Carnival or, right, you know, yeah. or something like that. Like there's things like, yeah. I think to, to many people, they'd be like, that is bizarre. Are you telling me they're in the street doing what? Like, that's crazy. That's so, you know, and it's totally normal and part of their culture, you right, know, and yeah, it's, yeah. that's 
great. And yeah. it's a, something to, to celebrate. And yeah. to, you know, in a way, the more aware we are of other cultures and other things of how we do, like the more we can be accepting of like how we shift in our own. <laughs> that's it, yeah. And that kind of constant curiosity. So that collection of, of people holding skulls turn out into this sunglass brand. It's not a sunglass brand. It was just a product. We sure. made one, we made a series of 12 sunglasses. Wow. All Buffalo Horn handmade in Germany in a super small village where, so this uh, 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 Azami, this gentleman said to me, yeah, we're going to the biggest Buffalo Horn atelier in the world. Okay. And I thought, so, okay, that's, that will be big because I was already used yeah, to like the denim factories, etc. Well, it was a little bit bigger than this room, but it were, were, I think they were working 23 people or something. Okay. Um, and then we learned, so, so the, the, the skull collection wasn't there from the beginning, but I've learned that this whole process is of making sunglasses like this is so weird. It's so, you've, you you have these buffalo horn pieces coming in. They're, they're, they're sending it down to one millimeter or something or less than, well, I think half a millimeter. Yeah. They're making multiple layers out of it and then they're cutting out the whole shape. So basically 95% of the material is waste. Uh, and with that 5% of the material, you get the most amazing sunglasses, most amazing frames wow. ever, which are also unbreakable in a way. Uh, but there was this kind of connection of uh, the, the eyes of uh, the skulls. Or the, it's a sunglass with quite big, r- completely round yeah, yeah, yeah. glasses. Uh, we connected it somewhat to that story. And uh, uh, there's also in the in the back you see uh, in Memento, in Iktu Okuli, what is uh, it means uh, in this moment in a blink of an eye? So it's, it's it's all this kind of oh yeah, we're we're only here for this short period and yeah. let's celebrate it yeah. with crazy crazy glasses of fifteen hundred euros. They were. <laughs> <laughs> It's also a kind of sinister, strange way of uh, turning those collections and those ideas into products. And uh, but in in everything, telling these stories and sharing these stories and uh, uh, showing people what what kind of amazing things are being made. Yeah, everywhere. Do you like limit how many projects you do a year, or do you, or you, is it just kind of like something happens and you just yeah. jump on it? Versus like, yeah. oh, I have a quota of X amount uh, a year. Uh, actually, uh, when I started Atelier Mineral, I said I'd, uh, um, I'm stopping basically all those side projects to. Food focus on this because this is basically the biggest side projects side projects I did yeah. and within Atelier Mineral I can do all these side projects ah, okay. and that's Through what I'm company. doing now is uh, working together with Simos Beery the, the sommelier uh, bringing in beautiful a beautiful curation of special wines uh, collaborate with those winemakers yeah yeah what we did here as well with the winemaker in in in, in niagara fall region uh bring this orange wine uh, uh, uh so partly doing that we're doing a collaboration with uh, co- collaboration with pal sporting goods coming up uh, during the world cup uh, oh, wow. soccer which is, will be more ready to wear oh actually kind of, yeah i saw that which is that's very that's different than what you completely know completely Completely different than our aesthetic now, but it's yeah. also to show people. Yeah, this this is also what you can make. Yeah, Pal Sporting Goods is is incredible, Fantastic. incredible, yeah, 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 really cool stuff. Uh, and there, he's so he's such a kind person. They're from Amsterdam as well, uh, and there's this Iranian link. So he's coming from from Iran, uh, and the. F- the first um, play the national team of Iran did was against the Netherlands in 78. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, so that was their first presence on the World Cup uh, in general. So we we thought, okay, that's, that link, that he's coming from Iran, the, the, the link with the Netherlands, we should kind of celebrate it in a way. So we made the ultimate uh, um, uh, 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 trainer's suit. Oh, okay. So it's a beautiful uh, 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 deep blue suit with a special patch on it. Uh, and there is, uh, he made a nice polo with it and it's, it's coming together really nice so that's also one of those side projects uh, then we did basically we, so 
what we did with when I started at Atelier Mineral, I said I don't want to see the collection on models anymore because it's it's not telling me anything. I want oh, to oh yeah uh, yeah on people uh, yeah on yeah on on, on uh, I, I want it on real people. I mean models are real people as well. I want to have kind of an idea of what kind of pe- person it is who is wearing it. Yeah. So we started working together with also so also with Simon Beery, the sommelier, but with um, Mark uh, with Mark Giordano here in Toronto, mm-hmm. an NHL player at the Maple Leafs, with Nick de Vries, the Formula One driver. Uh, with Bjarne Masbroek, a Dutch architect, uh, with all these different people uh, where we said, okay, basically curate your own wardrobe, curate your own style within the universe of Atelier Mineral, within everything we can do. uh, And we're going to show that show and tell your stories, tell really a way more personal story about yourself as well. So always do these deep dive interviews, deep dive articles, long reads, they're all on the website. Um, And we always do a project together. And those projects, those are basically that, uh, uh, those side projects I'm running, I I, I used to run, uh, (laughs) where one of those also, came back so uh, when I was telling about our current obsessions that kind of startup that where I pulled the plug yeah. the night before uh, we were we were talking with a suitcase company by then uh, in Sweden 200 year over 200 year old company uh, very similar to Globetrotter oh yeah uh, uh, so I knew the uh, I knew the creative director of Globetrotter uh, before and I said to him yeah, I would love to do a collaboration with you guys w- with that uh, our current obsessions and he basically said we're a little bit over uh, the, the, the they, they they weren't yet where they're now, but they were mm-hmm. uh, on that direction. Uh, but he said there is this one uh, uh, super small company who's ma- still making the suitcases in exactly the same way, exactly the same quality, exactly the same process uh, in Sweden. I can't remember where it is. This is how it's called. And I started digging in that rabbit hole. Found them. Uh, but so th- then that that was uh, 2004. 14, I think uh, we unfortunately didn't uh, uh, didn't work together. But now working with Nick de Vries, where it was all about traveling, he's he's constantly traveling, constantly on the road to all his all the races around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we said let's let's curate a collection that's more around travel, more versatile uh, fabrics uh, and, and and fits, and create a separate project, make a beautiful handmade suitcase, especially for you, where it's also customizable with kind of travel stickers, right. with his favorite tracks, with his favorite favorite racetracks so i called back that company in sweden <laughs> hey, uh, remember me <laughs> I, I, I i no no so that uh, uh the, the 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 person who owned it that back then left i couldn't find the new one again again oh and man th- th- that hammering technique of like, keep on calling people keep on mailing mailing people and at some point i got in touch with the current owner and he basically said yeah we're just relaunching the brand again because it was it, it was really on a low uh, uh they, 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 they were producing, but they were producing, I think... Low quantities, l- limited. Super, super low quantities, and, and the quality wasn't there yet. And uh, and he said, we're, we're, we're just basically at the stage that quality is back again, that we have the full uh, uh, production facility working again, and let's do it. Nice. Uh, so we created this beautiful suitcase, where which is lined with one of our fabrics uh, in the inside. And I think all those projects are kind of... Uh, uh, they, they, they are not kind of, they are basically the side projects I used to do before. Right. <laughs> there you go. Sounds like you, you you got it going and figured it out. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's also the, so the, the nice thing of, of Atelier Munro is that, that I can really put everything
everything I've learned over the past 20 years in this company. And that's, that's so the place we're sitting now, we just opened this Toronto uh, store uh, where, again, it's, it all comes together in, a, in this way where you come in, it's, it's all about slowing down. It's all about uh, uh, making people feel comfortable at this space. Uh, uh, let them learn about the process, about the products we make, about the fabrics. It's a lot about the fabrics, a lot about storytelling. Uh, and then I have that kind of apartment thing upstairs where, mm-hmm. where we can do events, things, uh, where it's not about clothes, not about the product. It's only about slowing people down and let them enjoy kind of the, the stories that are in every garment, in every collaboration, in every in every collaboration, even with with the client. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's incredible and huge. Congrats to you. Thank you, um, Joachim. It was a huge pleasure to chat with you today. Um, Thank you so much. Before we wrap, is there anything that I missed or that you're like, oh, I wanted to say this one thing, or we haven't done that yet, or because I feel like we got it. I mean, this is some great stuff. But yeah, I think the last last but not least, I think that uh, so another something is still in the air. Okay, uh, that's and it's good. still uh, it's still kind of scratching in the back of my mind we need to do something with it sometimes we're publishing something and I'm, I'm uh, uh, but it's it, it is it is uh, so it's another something was always this idea of sharing sh- sharing the things I see and I like mm. uh, and and that will never stop and it's so that was another something for years we started another something in 2007 so really 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 early blog days yeah. uh, at some point I was at kind of this first wave of influencers flying into LA to see a new car that was launched where I thought okay I will never write about this I got so much stuff stuff sent to me where I, I was always another something will never be a commercial thing. I will never write something that that I'm not honestly believing. Yeah. Uh, so that will I think that will stay and that will that will be there always. Uh, that network where I, where I said that I have this this uh, this pin from, which is called Together, and uh, that's something that's that is really dear to my heart. It's a network of creative people from around the world. Uh, we have a little bit the same as as as, as the Blamo Slack. So it's a it's a Slack channel where we oh. share nice things, share stories. Sometimes we cycle together if we're in the same town. Uh, and if there are cyclists, or if some of them there are cyclists or runners. Uh, and a building that building a connection, building that uh, community around around more people, around a brand, around anything. That's I think that's the most fantastic way we can communicate these days. And that's also what I extremely like about Blamo and about the network you're building around that with the oh, with the Slack and with the podcast. And it's truly amazing to be part of that. Oh, I just a small part. The pleasure's all mine. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much. All right, see ya. You've been listening to Blamo. Our show is produced by Blamo Media. We're edited by Amar Lal and our theme music, as always, by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you heard, you know the drill. Share the pod with a friend, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, do all the deals and stuff you do when you like things. You can follow us on Instagram for all the hot content. And if you want to talk to us and give us your hot take, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at info at blamopod.com. If you want to hang with us and join the Blam fam, visit patreon.com forward slash blamo, where we have tons of exclusive episodes and our amazing Slack community. Oh, and did I mention we have exclusive shows now? From the Triple J Show to Blamo Presents Derek Guy, it's all in there. Get in there. All right, I'll see you next week.